so great to be together today. Been looking forward to this, not necessarily for this, but uh, came to have fun today and to welcome the presence of the Holy One and His smile upon us, even in the middle of the jungle of life. I'm telling you, God is on His throne. His Spirit is inhabiting the praises of His people. The name of His Son, Jesus, is the name above every name. This is the day the Lord has made, and we are inviting His presence. Jesus said this, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. And so we are inviting the presence of God and the overcoming power of Jesus to visit you as his church. Kindle Campus, love and shout out. Gables Campus, love and shout out. And then wherever you're joining us online right now, man, wish you could be with us, but we're so glad we get to be with you. May God's presence bless you today as we seek him together. Amen? Amen. Now listen to me. Disney World in Orlando is celebrating its 50th anniversary, 5-0, right now. That's hard to believe. Disneyland in California has been around since 1955. That's like 66 years. And here's the reason I'm bringing that up. Because every one of those years in Adventureland at each Disney park, the Jungle Cruise has been snaking its way upriver and fending off fake threats of man and beast. And uh, in more recent years, enduring the puns of uh, groaner dad jokes delivered up by their boat skippers. Maybe you remember some of those like this one. Uh, If you look to the left of your boat, you'll see some very playful toucans. They're playing the favorite game of beak wrestling. Uh, The only drawback is that only two can play. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's what I'm saying. This is part of the Jungle Cruise. Uh, If you have been concerned that this iconic, longtime Disney attraction has been needing an upgrade in its storyline, worry no longer. Because now Jungle Cruise joins Pirates of the Caribbean and other attractions in having its own movie. And that movie is our adventure land today. Yeah, right, the eighth wonder of the world. But those of you who've been on Jungle Cruise know that that's what they say. That's, that's what they do, eighth wonder of the world. Well, today we come to the last message in our At the Movie series, and it is an outrageous and fun adventure with some dark, scary images. So I got to say this, it's PG-13, it's not G. And as the parents of two brilliant grandsons, who I'm not going to show you their picture right now, But if I were to take them to see this movie, there would be a place in it where I'd say, you know, guys, close your eyes right here because this is like really dark, really scary, uh, monstrous kind of image. There is a place in it, so I'm giving you a heads up there. But um, the plot pairs Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt as an unlikely team that are in search of a rare healing tree that is found deep in the Amazon jungle. 
So legend has it that the blossoms from that tree can heal people's diseases, all diseases. Now, many have searched for that tree only to be lost in the jungle. It's a very dangerous place out there. And if you survive the jungle and get to the tree, then you also, it can only be accessed, its healing can only be accessed by a special ancient key that is an absolutely essential piece of unlocking the puzzle. Now, in the story, Dr. Lily, who we just saw, has acquired that key, and now she's heading upriver through the jungle in search of the tree. If you're a guest with us today, thank you for coming. Let me tell you what we're doing here. What we've done, we've done this for years in the At The Movie series. What we do is take a popular movie and let it on-ramp us into a significant topic for our time, and then we open our Bibles and we connect God's ancient truth with uh, the timelessness of its application to our lives through the art form of film. So that's what At The Movies is about. I'm not going to preach the movie, but I do want to highlight like the story arc and then call out a metaphor because I'm telling you this one is so clear to me. It's simple. It's obvious. It's so obvious it's easy to miss. And it's also, uh, it's also deep, but it's camouflaged. And, um, and so it's hidden in this crazy, fun fantasy story that feels like a total escape from reality. And isn't that what so many are looking for today? Just something to get me out of here. And yet, I want to suggest to you that the story arc has profound links to the core truths that we all face in life. And here's the basic storyline. Two seekers a man and a woman, and then there's a villain, and then there are three critical realities that they are encountering. The jungle of death, the tree of healing, and the key of access. And then there's one more indispensable ingredient to the story that I'll get to in just a moment, but I want to say to you that you have heard this story before, maybe not in these clothes, but you've heard the story before because it's a story we all live. We're all seekers. Men and women, we are seeking for hope. 
for something more than what we've known that will uh, address the hunger and the longings of our heart, the, the hurts of our lives that could bring healing and hope. And then, but we're not just seekers. You know what we are? We're survivors, just like we see in the story. We're survivors, and uh, we are fighting our way upriver. Sometimes it feels like the force of the current is all against you, and you're just fighting for all you can, all you can be to cut through it, right? And through the jungle of life, and in that jungle, I'm telling you, it's full of disguises, of deception, of danger, and of death. You know this story. The captain has warned, in fact, know this about the jungle. Everything that you see wants to kill you and can. The Bible also tells us that the world is a dangerous place, full of treachery, full of deceit, where things aren't always as they seem. And uh, Jesus said this, in this world you will have Tribulation is the word, but it translates many different meanings like this. You will have affliction, pressure, you will have pain, you will have distress, your backs will be up against the wall, you'll feel like you have no way out. That's what that means. No way of escape. Now, no spoiler alert here, but I will tell you that things in the movie are not always as they seem, just like in life. And part of the adventure is, uh, is learning how to keep hope alive when uh, deception and scams abound. In fact, Dr. Lilly says this, it's only a scam if you fall for it. Now, in Miami, we live with our eyes wide open. You know, we... we we know things aren't always what people say they are, and we know that life can be on the take and somebody's on the make, and you better not watch what you fall for, right? Well, this is, this is what the movie's talking about. This is life. How do you know who you can believe? How do you know what to believe? How do you know who to trust in this world? Jesus taught this. There is a villain loose in this world. He is a liar. He is a deceiver. He is a, a, uh, a thief, He's always trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's on the take. He's on the make. And then we see in the movie that there is this healing source that's available. That's the storyline. And it has healing power, but it's mysterious. Scripture also teaches us that there is a source with power to heal, but mysterious. Heal diseases, reverse curses, save lives. When you read the Bible story, you also see that source of healing portrayed in, guess what? Trees. Trees. You barely open the Bible, Genesis early chapters, and you, you are introduced to a tree, a man and a woman in creation who are given the opportunity to taste the tree of life. And make the decision to avoid the tree of evil. The opportunity. Then in the book of Revelation, the Bible story ends. Flip to the end of the story. And it, the story ends with a fabulous uh, scene of a river of living water 
that is flowing like liquid crystal down from the throne, from the throne of God, and on each side of that river, I mean, there is the tree of life. It's like the tree is so gargantuanly huge and available that it is actually over the river of life. And you know what the Bible says about that tree? Listen, Revelation chapter 22, verse 2, the leaves of that tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Man, you know, there is a tree. This is what the Bible says. There is a tree whose blossoms can heal all human diseases. So the Bible story tells us this, that our story as human beings began with a tree, will end with a tree, and so I'm saying, man, the metaphor is pretty clear here, isn't it? I'm, maybe I'm seeing something, but I'd like to tell you what I'm seeing. When this life's journey is over, the tree of healing will be available. But the Jungle Cruise, the movie, says this, that tree will not heal if you don't have the key that will give you access. That key that can unlock its power. Now, in the movie, the key is like an arrowhead. I'm not going to tell you more than that, but that arrowhead, unlo- it, it symbolizes love. It communicates the power of love. And, uh, and so another quotable that the filmmakers want to leave us with is this one. If you're lucky enough to have one person in your life that you care about, one person in this life that you care about, then that's world enough for me. It's about the power of love. What does the Bible tell us? The Bible says, Jesus said this, in fact. He said, the Son of Man must be lifted up. Or actually, let me me tell you before I get to that part uh, of what, right in the heart, I already told you about the Genesis story of the tree and the Revelation story of the tree. You know, right in the middle of the Bible, the Gospel of John, At Calvary, on that mountain, there's another tree. And here's how Peter wrote about that. He said that on that tree, God himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and then live to righteousness. And by his stripes, by his lashes, we're healed. So there's healing that comes from that tree, the tree we see at Calvary. And what, at Calvary, what did Jesus say? John chapter 3, verse 14, the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes may have eternal life. You know where that verse comes from? Right before this one that you might know more popularly. For God so loved the world. Let's say this together. Would you read it with me out loud? Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. In that statement, we're seeing both the power of love and the key that opens access to the healing tree. It's belief. It's the power of faith. 
It's you trusting. It's you believing. It's you acting on your faith and then relying on the promise that God has made in his word through his son. So you see what I say? When to me, it's like, whoa, the metaphor is right there. It's so clear that we live in a world of trauma, of injustice, a world of abuse, of lying, of cheating, stealing, dying. People are dying. A jungle of death where life isn't fair. This is what we know about life. The movie's telling us some of the same things. Life isn't fair, and sometimes it's just wrong. It's just wicked. It's just evil. Life can be evil. So here's the question, the deep question. What are we supposed to do? The movie may seem like fun and fantasy and escape from reality when actually, you know what it's doing? It's raising one of the deepest questions that theologian, that any of us have about life. It's actually, there's a word for it, theodicy. It means how do you deal with the evil in the world that seems so prevalent but so mysterious and so relentless? What do you do about that? What do we do about evil in the world? The movie seems like it's just all fun and games, but it's asking one of the deepest questions anybody can struggle with. What do we do with the natural evil of the world, the supernatural evil of the world, about the moral evil of the world. Our world has evil in it. This is, scripture teaches this. The movie says, hey, here's the jungle. Supernatural evil. Let's start with natural evil first. Natural evil. What are we supposed to do with a world where it seems like there are forces loose where bad things happen because it's just woven into the fiber of nature? Tornadoes, wildfires, hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, drought, famine that takes out entire towns, viruses that can wipe out populations. It seems like it's in the nature of something in the natural world. What do we do about that? The question's raised. Where evil seems to be part of the nature of things, what about when it seems like it's part of the nature of humans? Philosophers call that moral evil in the world. The Bible calls it sin. And it says that innocent suffer at the hands of the guilty, those who commit sins. So in our world, just some illustrations, babies are born with addictions. They didn't cause, they didn't choose, but because of choices their mothers made. Substances their mothers had in their bodies. Some aren't allowed to be born at all. And others that are born are born into environments uh, with limited opportunity. The entire world as they know it is full of challenge. Some are born where war is just raging. Others where poverty is ravaging resources. This is our world right now. Others... Others have shootings in their schools and in their streets, and, and there are certain people every day they get up to go and protect and serve, and their lives are in danger every day in our world. Terrorism in our nations, because of manipulation of news source and media, we're not sure who to trust. So moral evil seems a present reality. It leads people to, to distrust to blame, to shame, to always be on our guard, always on our watch, 
And then the film introduces another category of evil. So you got natural evil, moral evil, supernatural evil. In the film, supernatural evil, a curse that holds people captive. I've seen that story before. And it's like, the, what do you do in a world of evil? And here's the movie's answer. Look for a better way, a way of healing. Find the key that unlocks the tree. The Bible agrees. <laughs> the gospel tells us that the God who made this world and holds all reality in being has come in Christ humanly into this world, and then he takes on all the abuses of evil into his own body on that tree, and now we can gain access to the healing powers of God himself. How could he do that? God is infinite. God is beyond time. He can choose to enter time that he created and then absorb all of the evil by his own choice, though he never committed any of it because of love, the power of love and then release the supernatural spiritual power of healing through salvation because of the key of faith. It's happened for some of us, for many of us, perhaps for you, or maybe you're considering it today. But what the message is, is you don't have to conquer evil on your own. That's what the movie says. That's what the Bible says. How does this happen? You don't have to fight the battle all by yourself. You can choose to let Christ come into your life, use your key and the power of love, and then let him fill your soul with his overcoming power. That's what John said. He had to write about this. John chapter 1, verse 12. To all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, you use your key. Then he gave the right to become children of God. His overcoming power infuses your overcoming. And then he doesn't let it go. He reiterates that thought in his letter later, 1 John chapter 4. He says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Yeah, the jungle's full of death. Yeah, there's deception and thieves. And there's a supernatural enemy, but God's got this thing covered. And he's bringing his overcoming inside of you. So the question the scripture asks time and again is have you invited Christ to come alive in you? And are you abiding, using your key daily to access the healing, the overcoming power of God in you? And so that's the question today. Maybe you've already done that. But I might need to say this right here. You know, the health and wealth preachers, they're really, they're, they are sort of right, but then they leave out some stuff that's really significant. So I'm telling you, they... They, uh, they're not telling you the whole truth. They make it sound like, you know, if you had real faith, then your body wouldn't get sick and you'd always be rich. Right? That's the bottom line there. And I'm telling you, Jesus never said that about this life. When Jesus spoke about this life, he said this life is hard. I already told you one of the words he used. And that he came here to do the hard thing so that he could get, meet us in the hard place. This life is hard. And sometimes this life hurts. And then Jesus said this, heaven is coming someday, but you're not there yet. So God came from heaven to be with us in this jungle so that he could prepare us and take us. Not by our strength, but by his our bodies get sick. Our bodies die. 
But death is not the final word. That's the Jesus story. That's the middle tree. (laughs) It's empty now because Jesus rose from the dead. Death doesn't get the final word. Pain doesn't get the final word. Here's the final word, Revelation chapter 22. There's coming a day when God will dwell with his people. They will be his people. Hey, oye mi gente. You know, hey, it's like, yeah, we're all here. That's what God is saying. They're going to be my people. I am your God. And he's going to wipe every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no more death. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain for the old order of things. Guess what? That's where we're living right now. That's where this movie was shot. We're living in the old order of things. The old order is passing away. And here, we're going to say, let's say these words together. Wherever you're connecting with us, take a breath. Let's speak these because this is Jesus speaking on, as God. Here we go. I am making everything new. That's your future. That's what we have in Christ. Oh, yeah, but what do we do until we get there? (laughs) Welcome to the jungle. Well, we do what Dr. Lilly and what Captain Frank do in the film. You use the key that unlocks the healing tree, and then you lose yourself doing good for the world you love. What does that look like in life? Well, here are a few ideas. You know, maybe what that means is that you use your power to bring peace where you can. Not always possible, but you you seek to do that. A peacemaker, Jesus said. Maybe it means that you listen first and then you speak with understanding. It could show up that way. Or it might be this, that you meet a need out there instead of first attending to a need in here. Or it may just mean this, show up for your family. You know, don't just be there in body. Be there in heart. Be there in spirit. Be there in mind. Just show up. Don't be absent. Make, let them feel your presence and your love, even when you don't want to. Be as present as you can in the moment. Might mean this. Hey, don't leave your certain somebody out in the jungle. You know, be a Forrest Gump here, and that's your best friend, best good friend Bubba, and he's still in the jungle, and stuff's blowing up, and Forrest just says, you know, I can't leave my best good friend Bubba out there. I'm going to go get him and bring him here. This is how we're we're shown how to love right here. I know know you're not the Messiah. I'm not the Messiah. But the Messiah showed us that you can help one person at a time. That's the way it happens. Now, this does not solve the problem of evil in the world. Supernatural evil, moral evil, natural evil doesn't solve that problem. But I'll tell you what it does. It shows you how to live in love in spite of it. I asked a freeze frame on this, and I wanted the lower third on there so that we could see the words together because this is like a bottom line value that the captain is leaving all of his jokes aside and he's stepping into his truth, his reality. He says, look, this like that means open your eyes to this. If you're lucky enough to have one person in this life you care about, then that's world enough for me. And the doctor is kind of world enough for me. Hmm. But that's how each one of us can love in reality. Isn't that the way love works? It's always one. 
at a time. It's the way Jesus loved right up to the day that he gave his all on the tree in love for the world. It was one person at a time. He was present in that receiver's life at the time before he gave his all for all. The book of Acts summarizes Jesus' story this way, verse 38, chapter 10. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. But what did he do with his power, with his anointing? He went around doing good and healing. Not destroying, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. He went around doing good. Now, maybe you don't sense that the Holy Spirit is upon you with power to heal. Wouldn't that be awesome? And to deliver people from the devil like whatever they're talking about there. That might be what you're thinking. But you can still go around doing good. And you could probably do something to love somebody one person at a time. That's what I'm taking from this. And before you sell yourself short, you know what happens when we share our stories, no matter how humble or how messy? I think this is a storyline in the movie, too. People get free. People get unstuck. Because sharing your truth helps them find theirs. When we share our stories, people think new ways to get open to a new future. And, um, and one person's life changes. But you know what? When it does, their whole world is affected. You see how love can change their world, your world, our world? This is how it happens. You can change the world by caring for one person and doing good for one person because they will carry that into the rest of their world. Sometimes the world and its problems, the world and its evil feels so big, feels that way to me. And sometimes I feel like my resources and my body and mind are so small and so insignificant. Maybe you do too. I want to tell you this. Don't believe that. It's not true. You have within your reach the power to change lives that means change worlds. And their world can change when you use your key to help them see what you don't see. Maybe you didn't see these things when you went to... Can I tell you something? People live every day of their lives not seeing what you see. If you know Christ and you've felt his spirit and you know the forgiveness of sin and you know the power and hope that can come even in the middle of the mess we're in, that Christ is right there and somebody else could see it if somebody just loved them for a little while and said, have you ever thought about this? Because here's how it happened for me. Is that how it happened for you? That you didn't see it and then somebody shared their story with you and shared God's story with you and then the next thing you know, you showed up to a place like this, maybe this place, and then God started opening your eyes wider and then you realized, oh, I have a key already and I'll have to do anything except use it. Yeah, use the key that unlocks the healing tree. Maybe this is exactly what God wants you to do today. You didn't even realize you have a key. Yo, you do. God's given you the key. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But he's already placed it within your grasp if you are willing to use it to unlock and access the healing tree and then lose yourself doing good for the world you love. Here's what Jesus told his followers. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And then he said this, whatever you bind shall be bound in heaven. That means you have the power to help people find security 
in the midst of uncertainty, security. You, you help them stay connected. And then he said, whatever you loose shall be loosed in heaven. Some people feel so stuck and they don't know where to do, what to do or where to go. They just need somebody to say, well, here's how it happened to me. And maybe you could learn from my story and God could invite you into his story. How can you use your key? Share your story. You've heard all through the series, we've introduced and summarized each story by saying this, there was a time in my life when, and then we saw the storyline, and then this happened, and it's made this difference in my life. For this particular movie, you could, it would say something like this, you know, there was a time in my life when I felt trapped and, and oppressed, and I didn't see a way out, but I gave God a chance, and I turned to Jesus for real, and he didn't take my problems all away, but I started sensing a new peace and a new purpose inside of me, and I started feeling power that of hope and of healing that took me into a new future. Do you have a story like that? Have you been to the tree? Have you used your key? Then thank God if you have. And could I invite you to say, Lord, is there somebody that my story could help to find your story for them? You know, the next thing we're going to do as we begin a new series is move deep into the Gospel of John, into the seven I am statements of Jesus, and we're going to get to know Jesus better. And I'm hoping maybe you'll use your story to invite somebody to join you and experience God in theirs. Could we pray together? We thank you, gracious Father, for loving us so profoundly. We thank you that you have not left us, abandoned us, forsaken us in spite of what it feels and looks like and seems in this world. But we're grateful that you have come to us in Christ and have given us the ability to believe, to trust you, and to experience the promise of your healing and freedom. So brother, sister, if you're already in that experience, would you just thank God today and abide in it now? Trust his word to be true for you as it always has been. And then would you ask him, Lord, is there somebody in my life, in my space, that me just telling my 15-second story could maybe open their eyes a little wider to the difference you could make? Would you pray for them right now? even as you thank God for the person who helped you find your way. And maybe, friend, you're joining us today and you sense that, that God wants you to take another step with, with him, that this isn't just about religion. It's not about going to church. It's about letting Jesus be real in the power of his love in your soul and bring the healing that forgiveness and his spirit can provide and you'd like to take that step of faith. Here's how to do it in this prayer right now with me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you did not forsake me and abandon me, but that you have entered into my jungle, into my mess, on the tree at Calvary. So I now turn to you and invite you to forgive my sins through your death on the cross. 
and to come into my life and fill my life with healing that I could start that journey because you rose from the dead. And now, would you bless me as I take my next step forward in faith? Now, our heads are still bowed for a moment, but if you prayed that prayer with me on either of our campuses or at home right now, and you would let me ask God's blessing upon your next step of faith, would you simply raise your hand, keep it up for a moment, give our leaders at Kindle an opportunity to see and pray with and for you, and thank you. Thank you here in this room. And online, you can click and let us know. Lord Jesus, for every person who took the step of faith, who used their key to access your tree today, we pray that your spirit, according to your promise, would give them that peace that is beyond human understanding and your blessing as they begin the journey, the Christ journey, with us today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm so excited about what we're about to experience together because the worship team is going to come and lead us. Would you receive the truth that we're going to share together as we worship?